0: sound incredibly intelligent
1: perfect that's what i'm going for i
0: took notes this time i took some notes too <gasps> excellent did a little bit of research and then a couple of other just general notes yeah uh
1: i got actually i did i'm did like i'm doing a one week free trial uh for boomerang and oh, i nice. Because I, I wanted access to, like, like the Jetsons and the Flintstones, Tom and Jerry, like, the old Bugs, but old Looney Tunes cartoons. Then I, like, got, I got, like, signed in. I got started for the week. And then it was like, hey, we've also got Courage the Cowardly Dog. And I was like, oh, I was just going to watch clips on YouTube. This is so much better.
0: Oh, hell yeah. So. That's, that's pretty
1: legit. Yeah, it was really cool. So yesterday, uh, my friend Ryan and my roommate TJ and I sat around and watched Courage. And TJ... Uh, essentially, like, grew up in the 70s because his parents are uh, older. So he didn't, like, have... And they, like, live way out in the boonies so they didn't have, like, internet or cable or anything. So, like, a lot of the cartoons that we grew up on, he never had access to. So he's watching it yesterday. It's the first time that he's ever seen it. He was like, this is amazing! And he was just, like, (laughs) laughing at everything. He was having a good time. Uh, And then there were moments where he was like, now I understand, like, where some of the jokes are coming from and specifically mm-hmm. where millennial humor comes from.
0: Sure. Sure. Yeah. And like, maybe I'll get into it when we when we're recording or whatever, but we used to go through periods of time that we would have what we called farmer's cable because my dad would just be like, no, oh, no fuck cable. There's nothing going on it. We're getting rid of it. And then like, we'd be, we wouldn't have cable for like three months and then dad would be like, Oh fuck this. I'm real bored. And then he just like get cable again. Oh and we just have like periods of time where we didn't have it but then we would so then I'd miss out on like Pokemon and Courage and all my mm-hmm. favorite shit and then yeah. we'd like get back again that's that's kind of insane what the hell <laughs> my dad is a weird a weird guy he sounds interesting he's, he's a very weird guy I love him he's weird as fuck
1: that's hilarious you want to go ahead and get started
0: yeah why not
1: alright hello coffee oh
0: Sorry. <laughs> oh. All right, I'm recording now. I don't know if you were recording this entire time or not. Yeah, I was. <laughs> oh shit! So well, the nice
1: shit. thing with Skype is that we don't actually have to like we don't each have to individually record. It's gonna record the whole thing. Skype and does. The, yeah. And yeah, so it'll record oh, the whole conversation, on oh, um, both sides, and then I essentially just have to turn it from like a video into an audio file.
0: Is that like a, is that a like a general Skype feature? I think so. Man, I haven't done that at all. That sounds awesome.
1: Honestly, it's made it really easy the past few times when I've had to do that. So, like, I haven't had as many hiccups like uh, we had with Audis- Audacity doing this. The only problem is if there's any, like, delays in audio due to, uh, like, connection breaking up.
0: Sure. And you know who that would be, you know who to blame for that, though.
1: Audio Hobgoblin.
0: Don't you dare invoke his name. I was trying to imply it so that we wouldn't say his name. We, we knew better last time. Now, we only we can only say it 36 more times before he appears <laughs> and nibbles my toes.
1: I already tweeted it to Elliot earlier, so that's two times. So,
0: Oh, oh shit. Kylie, <laughs> you, the ship is going down.
1: <laughs> and I'm going oh. down with it, damn it.
0: <laughs> you, know, and, you know, you think about it. Um, I feel like the audio Hobgoblin is like, a character or a villain that could potentially appear on courage, the cowardly dog. Oh, it could. He's kind of in that re- He or she, I guess we don't know. Um, I, I could not tell you the gender of the of audio hobgoblin could be a number of different They're things. So the, gender- the audio hobgoblin would be some sort of, Oh, maybe like an antagonist, but then courage befriends it. And then they kind of have a little picnic at the end. I don't know. Maybe, maybe he does something with courage. You mentioned uh, that you had some notes. Did you? You know, I had a couple of different things that I had notes on too. I had uh, broken down into like three different categories. One of them was the influences of Courage the Cowardly Dog. Some of the um, some fun facts, just general fun facts, and then also just some of my favorite quotes. That's what I did with my like forty five minutes of research while I was at work. Should have been doing something else. Research.
1: I like that because that contrast mine pretty nicely. I just did like uh, some background um, research on like when it was out, some of my favorite characters, uh, voice actors, uh, mm. how it got started, stuff like that. So and then I actually did a little bit of research on Dilworth, the creator. So,
0: yeah, he seems like a pretty interesting dude. He kind of he kind of gives me like a, you know, the dude who did Faux Ragnarok that Tycho, is it Wait- Waititi? Is that his name? I don't know. Yeah, he, he's kind of giving me that vibe. Um, I believe his name is Tycho, what Wakiti or Watiti, something like that. Um, yeah, like just maybe it's just because they were both wearing pineapple shirts and pictures that I saw them in. That might, just be the only, that might be the only similar factor between the two.
1: Yeah, but then your brain, your brain's just like, yep, these are two of the same things.
0: <laughs> well, and then um, speaking of that, like me and my simple Iowa brain, I keep thinking that you're in Colorado and you're not, right? You're in like Boston or something.
1: I'm in Ohio.
0: Oh, where am I fucking getting these ideas? I don't know.
1: I'm at the same state as Media Obscura and uh, Tessa and Elliot argue.
0: Oh, you're all, I mean, are you relatively close at all?
1: Uh, Tessa and Elliot are in Columbus, but I think Nick and I are both in Springfield. Oh, damn. I'm pretty pretty sure. Yeah.
0: Like, I, anytime I hear anybody or I meet anybody out of town, I assume they're in Colorado because, like, everybody who I've ever gone to school with, if they leave the state, always goes to Colorado and that's it. This is just what the Iowa people do. If they, if they leave Iowa, they only go to Colorado.
1: That's really weird.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm assuming they want to go there because they think they can make it big in the pot business. Maybe. And, like, maybe, maybe they do. I don't know. Maybe they do. I don't know. Maybe. I'm assuming not. But uh, I
1: feel it. like Ohio people, whenever they leave Ohio, they either, like, go to, like, New York or L.A. Or they don't leave Ohio and they just stay in, like... One or the other, they just moved to a different part of Ohio.
0: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you, I'm in a tiny, well, I came from a really, really small farming community, kind of going back to my whole farmer cable story with my dad. Um, like I, I want to say the town that we grew up in, there was like, maybe a couple hundred people. And that's, that's with like the surrounding area. Cause it wasn't just the little township. It was also the farm. like, I don't know, 50 mile radius of all the farmships around. Uh, But then I went to school in a little town called Cascade, and I think there was only like a couple thousand who lived there. And now I'm in Dubuque, which is still relatively small. You're talking about like fanciful fictional places like New York and L.A. (laughs) Those are just um, just bedtime stories I was told.
1: Well, I promise the real I've been to New York. It's great. It's beautiful. I love it.
0: (laughs) Did you have to go through some sort of like closet or wardrobe at like the turn of the moon? a certain phase to get through it. You had to answer a riddle to get through.
1: There were many riddles. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There were Mm -hmm. several of those, That it was fine.
0: (laughs) I had to answer a riddle. I got on
1: a plane. I answered another riddle. I got off the plane.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And of course there was some sort of troll that you had to pay a toll of some sort. Well, yeah, Yeah. there always is.
1: Obviously it's called the subway.
0: (laughs) Uh, I guess if you don't mind, do you want to start with your notes? I'm afraid that my notes were bad.
1: No, I'm sure that your notes were awesome.
0: My notes were bad. I can admit it. They were bad notes. As I frantically type into Wikipedia, Courage the Cowardly Dog. <laughs> That's
1: what I did. So I did. I was just kind of reading through. So I was actually doing research late last week on Edda and Nettie. And I oh. feel like the Wikipedia article for that was so much more comprehensive.
0: The Courage Wikipedia page is kind of sparse, in my opinion. Yeah
1: yeah there yeah, there really wasn't a lot. But I guess like Wikipedia doesn't have to have all the answers considering like there's other uh, sources that kind of fill in the gaps for you. like you can go to like fan Wikipedia like fan Wikipedia pages, um, sure. like fan wiki mm-hmm. stuff like that. Sure. and like that'll help fill in the gaps as far as like specifics go. But like just getting the basic information, Wikipedia did the trick. That being said, Hello, coffee pot heads, and welcome back to another episode of Coffee Field Rampage. Hooray! I'm back from my hiatus. Uh, life got really crazy there for a minute school, work, had a bunch of things happen. I've gotten to chill out, and I'm back. Uh, being said, it is oh. I, Barista Kylie, here to bring you a hot serving <laughs> of pop culture conversation. This episode, <laughs> our guest is Luke. He's back! Yay! Yeah, I,
0: yeah, Kylie, can I get a, can I get a cold brew, uh, a courage cold brew and then maybe a, a Muriel, uh, d- uh, lots of, okay, it stops at courage cold brew, but yes, I am, I'm Luke. Um, I guess I'm from the rules lawyers podcast. I, this is the first time I think I've done a podcast that wasn't necessarily related to D and D, which is fine. I feel like I've been like really oversaturated with Dungeons and Dragons. If there is such a thing. Kind of in the same vein as Kylie, I am also coming off of a pseudo hiatus. I also have life kind of happening. We, <laughs> I was I was telling Kylie before we were uh, we were uh, I guess tweeting with the the DMs as the kids call them, and I was kind of opening up about how my wife Lily she has been she's been very sick lately because uh, we found out she was pregnant a couple of months ago. Come to find out, she is having twins, and that is why she's been so very, very sick and is now very large for like how relatively pregnant she is. Uh, so things have been stressful, uh, but it's, uh, we're, we're picking back up and I'm going to squeeze as much fun recording stuff in before I have a couple of little angels screaming in my ear and face all day, every day.
1: Angel screaming. It's the best. It's so exciting. I, I, I hope that she's like not feeling as sick anymore. Um, I think that, I had asked you about that a while um, when we were talking late last week, but uh, I hope that she's feeling better.
0: <laughs> she had to go to the ER five times, and it was it was pretty rough. Like, I, it really sucked because, like, it wasn't one of those things that I could just put forth effort and then fix. Yeah. And it was just, like, I had to wait it out and just kind of hope it got better. And she's she's feeling better. She's able to work and stuff, but... She's definitely feeling sore and not feeling 100%. So pour one out for my wife. Pour one out for Lily.
1: <laughs> I will definitely pour one out for Lily later. Pour,
0: pour out a nice, uh, a nice latte, a caramel latte. That's what she drinks. Pour one out for Lily right in your carpet in your living room.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, will, I will definitely do that. I will go to <laughs> an open coffee shop. I will find one. When we're done recording, I will get a caramel latte. And I will pour it on my living room carpet.
0: Yeah, and pour my it mom... on the carpet. Hashtag for Lily, and we'll uh, we'll make it go viral. <laughs> It'll be amazing. She'll, 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 she'll get be off stoked. work at six in the morning tomorrow and be like, Luke, what the fuck did you make people do? <laughs> Why would you do that?
1: It's okay. This episode won't be coming out until like Sunday, so so we can do okay, that. I'm, and then like on I'm, Monday morning, she'll be like, what the fuck?
0: Yeah, Lily, guess what? A week ago, I made people ruin their carpets for you. <laughs> Does this does this please you? Are the twins okay? <laughs> oh my god! Luke, <laughs> Luke, just you need to send money to these people.
1: <laughs> hey, you know, PetSmart has a pretty good uh, carpet stain remover. So,
0: oh boy, howdy!
1: Scouts honor or something like that. I like it. It helps me with the dogs. It's great.
0: I'll have to check that out. I I use um. I use the red bottle. That's what I call it, because it's red. And then I, I spray it all over the, the poop, the puke, the puke, and the pee, <laughs> and the and just any other fluid and excrement that happens to land in my house, because I have the two cats and the dog. But, you know, speaking of dogs, we're talking about Courage.
1: Yes, we are talking about Courage to the Cowardly Dog today.
0: Um, I wanted to ask you, what was your, like, do you remember your first uh, inundation to Courage and his wonderful, scary world.
1: Uh, I'm going to be totally honest with you. My memory is bad. I don't remember a lot of things. I remember mm-hmm. him being present in my childhood. And I remember like, you know, when I didn't have access to the show, um, like as like a teenager thinking about it and everything, and being like, man, that was a really weird show. But I do <laughs> remember like as a kid, like being like obsessed with it. Cause I was one yep. of those kids that was obsessed with Halloween and, and uh, and, with and- the, like so many others, my age, <laughs> um, <laughs> The show was actually defined as a horror comedy. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that's like that might be where some of it kind of came from. It was like this really spooky, really bizarre. Uh, every episode had like a monster of the week. Mm-hmm. And they were all so weird and off the wall. Like the last yeah. one that we watched last night uh, was the one with the hunchback yep. who
0: mm-hmm.
1: wasn't even like scary himself, he was just like cold. And wet because <laughs> he was, was in a just, rainstorm.
0: <laughs> he was just a poor soul who was cold and like, I, yeah, no, that was that was a good one. If I recall, he wasn't even like a villain. He was just like a a cold, disconcerting fella, and that was pretty much it.
1: He just looked very different because he literally had a hunchback and a weird <laughs> eye, like so. And then everybody was like, "Ah, he's ugly!" And then Eustace was just being a complete nutter asshole. It's like, all right, Eustace, yeah. calm down, like
0: use this like you're not much to look at yourself either buddy you're you got a weird chin no pupils to speak of just glasses
1: just glasses
0: i kind of like you i don't think i remember the exact moment that i saw it or anything but did you do any research on the the chicken from outer space which is the pilot episode
1: uh i had a note that when it aired and then that's what brought about courage but i didn't actually do any research or try and look that up
0: specifically so like so how old are you again i forget how old you are 25. 25, yeah. So I'm a little bit older than you. I'm 27. I distinctly remember The Chicken from Outer Space being on TV. Like, I might have seen it, I don't know if it was like the the night it aired or whatever, but it was probably some rerun. But I remember it being on TV and I remember like the weird, like, spotted eggs that the alien chicken shat out and made the people eat and then turn Eustace into a big old nasty chicken man. Like, I remember that shit being on TV. And like... The more I look back onto my childhood, there was a lot of horror that I was into that I absolutely adored and loved. And I I kind of forgot how big of an influence horror has been on my life. And it makes a lot of sense because I read like a decent amount of horror novels and I love horror movies, you know, in my adult life, uh, horror based podcasts, things like that. And I I kind of thought that was a thing I picked up in my like twenties, but then I look back on it and I would watch Courage the Cowardly Dog all the time. I would watch like uh, are You Afraid of the Dark? So Weird. I'd read and watch Goosebumps. Uh, you know, uh read Scary Stories and Tell in the Dark. All that jazz. I was obsessed with all that stuff. Oh, yeah. I think I kind of had a bit of an affinity for Courage as well because, you know, they're in the middle of nowhere. The town is called Nowhere. It's a dinky little town. And it kind of reminded me of where I grew up because we lived, kind of like I said before, maybe three, 400 people in like a 100-mile diameter in any direction from where I lived. So it kind of reminded me of that and like, you know, spooky shit that you kind of think about when you're all alone in the, in the woods. It wasn't so much a desert area that I lived in more of like a a wooded Iowa Plains area, but still there was kind of some parallels. I think there was a period of time when, like I was mentioning before, we, we had farmer's cable, we didn't have cartoon network and there was a good amount of episodes that I didn't see, but I like every episode that I did see, I remember it. Like I'm fucking watching it. Um, There were also, yeah, they're also visually interesting and unique. He had that weird blend of like, sometimes it was CGI. Sometimes it was claymation. A lot of times it was like that weird layered cartoon with CGI. Yeah. And yeah, no, it, like, in, like Kings, uh,
1: King uh, Ramsey, with the slab.
0: Return the slab. So, yeah.
1: we, so that episode came on last night uh, when my friend Ryan and I were watching it and uh, he like got this look on his face and I was like, dude, do we need to change the episode like do you not like this one he's like no i was really afraid of this episode when i was a kid but i like i want to see if like i'm still afraid of it and i'm just i'm like i, I i'm thinking like i really hope not like you're 24 uh i hope yeah. that this doesn't hold like the same uh type of like scariness but at the same time i like thinking back on it i'm like man what if it did though because that would be like a mark of true horror craftsmanship. It's like, no yeah. matter what context you put it under, it's terrifying.
0: At the very least, I feel like most people like of our age who experienced it as childs, uh, as childs, as children, <laughs> if, if we would look back on it, I think we can all unanimously agree that the King Ramsey episode was like the fucking freakiest one of them all. Uh, just be like, that weird, surreal, kind of like uncanny Valley being I'll CGI it up in the desert, demanding that you return a slab. And it, it the, his voice was so like eerie and, um, just disconcerting. You know, I might not be like mortified by it. I don't have the same sway that it did on me as a, as a, when I was a kid. But I, I remember that picturesque in my mind. Uh, you know, any time of the day, you ask me to picture King Ramsey from *Curse of Carly Dog*, it's there.
1: You've right. got it immediately it's really amazing that um, they were able to create a character that is that memorable. Like you just said, you you tell anybody from our generation, any millennial, you say, Hey, courage the cowardly dog. Remember, the, remember King Ramsey. And it's just like that was the spookiest episode. Like that was really freaky. Uh, one that I had actually forgotten about that. As soon as I saw the name of the episode, I was like, Oh my God, freaky Fred.
0: Oh. <laughs> I, made, I made a note about freaky Fred and his like, Pseudo, uh, pseudo, uh, very apparent sexual fetish when it comes to uh, shaving people and things. Yeah, especially animals. Yeah, yeah. and because he, he was very naughty, as he would say. Naughty. And looking back on it now, I'm like, yeah, dude, you're kind of a huge pervert. I, I don't like you at all. Stay away from my house. Stay away from my animals.
1: Stop shaving uh, gerbils. Don't don't shave.
0: Gerbils. Don't shaving don't da-da. shave.
1: Dudes with a glorious beards Don't don't <laughs> shave little blonde girls. Don't do that.
0: Don't do that. I think <laughs> they, like had a wife or something that they had like he also shaved and like they split up or whatever. And it was creepy because yeah, if if I recall the story correctly, it wasn't like a weird interloper pretending to be the nephew of Muriel. I think it was just legitimately Muriel's nephew. Yeah. And he was just some fucked up dude that just happened to be related to her.
1: That'll happen. You got weird I relatives.
0: Have. I have some weird relatives.
1: I might be the weird relative. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: if, you, if you can't think of any weird relatives, bad news, buddy. I,
1: I might. I might be the weird relative. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're the freaky friend of your of your clan.
1: Oh no! Um, Except instead of like hair, it's like crocheting and sewing and talking to random people. Country. To yeah. put it it's on the internet, and dragons.
0: I'm like, have you have you seen the newest book for D and D? They they're bringing back the Blood War. And oh yeah, Luke, cool, cool. Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, this is super neat, Luke. Yeah, yeah, this is awesome.
0: <laughs> yeah. uh, Guys, oh, have you heard
1: about like all these things? Yeah, Kylie, whatever. It's it's all good.
0: <laughs> well, and then I think me and you can kind of uh, we we can speak about like last podcast. Because do you still listen to last podcast in the
1: last? I am wearing their shirt right now.
0: Hell yeah! That's what I'm talking about. So I'm gonna be seeing them in Des Moines in like uh, three weeks. I'm Shut super pumped. Up. No, you're not. Oh yes, I am. I bought that tickets awesome. for Lily. Oh yeah, it's gonna be legit. Um, they're doing a they're doing a live show out in Des Moines. I think that's gonna be one hell of a show. That's gonna be a crazy ass crowd. I think a lot of the kids in that crowd watched a lot of Courage the Cowley Dog back in the day. I can guarantee you that.
1: Positive. I'm sure Marcus Ben and Henry did too, because they're oh, like, like in like their late or in their uh early to mid thirties.
0: I believe they are. I think Ben's a little bit older. Yeah, um, but you, you see all kinds of memes about like oh, all the kids who love Courage the Cowardly Dog are now in prison or in a cult or started a cult or whatever. But I
1: mean, yeah, but
0: <laughs> I, I'd be surprised if I didn't see a few Courage the Cowardly Dog shirts when I'm out there at the show, it's going to be pretty fun.
1: You'll have to let me know. Cause I'd love to, I I'd will. love to know that.
0: I'm trying to remember any notes that I had. Oh, okay. I was going to bring up like the influences that they were kind of talking about that it had on Dilworth to create the the show. And when they were kind of listing off these influences, it really made a lot of sense to me. So he listed, um, his specific influences, maybe not even for just courage, but for a lot of his works, uh, like Jed Clampett from the Beverly Hillbillies. If that means anything to anybody, it means a lot to me because I watched a lot of that when I had farmer cable, and like Salvador Dali, which I think is very apparent. in Courage is a lot hmm You can definitely see that. Uh, he also mentioned like having a huge influence from Charlie Chaplin, which courage is kind of like a slapsticky character when he's like it really not,
1: is. yeah,
0: yeah, when he's not shitting his pants from whatever's. Or his lack of pants, I guess. Yeah, the <laughs> And um, what other influence did they say?
1: No, I can see that because, like, whenever courage isn't speaking, and most of his part is like nonverbal. Um, he does like he does a lot like with his body to the point where like he takes like actual like shapes of things. So I can see like that. I can see that Chaplin influence of like having to use your body to communicate.
0: Yeah, and there's a lot of like um kind of like Looney Tunesian humor where Courage might get smacked upside the head with like a sink and he gets like a giant goose egg and then he gets smacked again and then the goose egg has a goose egg and then over and over again until he's got like a Christmas tree of goose eggs. Yeah, yeah so there there's some Looney Tunes influences. I also heard that he had some like a bit of influence from Miyazaki movies like uh, Porco Rosso and My Neighbor Totoro, which I think kind of makes sense if you're familiar with that at all.
1: Uh, I think I have to like hand over some kind of like certificate or something because I've actually not seen a lot of his movies. Um, I've never seen My Neighbor Totoro. <sighs> yeah, you're
0: you're you're right. As a mandatory reporter, I have to I have to turn you into the nerd police, Kylie. I'm so sorry. Yeah, you're gonna have to terminate all your rights to um to all nerd things. You gotta give up the podcast. You gotta you gotta go start watching baseball. And I'm sorry. I'm I so don't want to
1: watch baseball.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. There's a, there's a baseball game on. You got to go watch it. <laughs> I'll, finish, I'll finish it up by myself. I'll soldier through. Me and the audio hobgoblin sitting right next to me. We'll finish it up.
1: Oh, no. All right. I guess I'm just going to sign off. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: but for real, I, I'm not a huge Totoro fan myself. There's other Miyazaki movies that I'm like way more into, but, you know, to each their own. And the last note that I made about influences, Because remember Courage had that, like, computer sidekick? I think they just called it Computer. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, from what I understand, Computer was kind of based off of a lighthearted version of Hal from 2001, A Space Odyssey, which I think makes <laughs> oh. sense. Yeah, no, so,
1: way, it
0: hurts. Yeah, only more, like, snarky and sarcastic and more, you know, less trying to kill you kind of thing.
1: Yeah. We uh, watched, watched the episode... Uh... What was like a, the were mole episode where Courage was like frantically trying to find a cure, and uh, the computer he was like, You know, what do I do? And the computer was like, Well, I suggest that you get a hammer, and he was like, No, 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 I need a cure. He was like, Oh, oh, then you just like it he said, it said specifically, uh, get the hair of the mole that bit you, and mm-hmm. I started cracking up because of the play on words and my roommate was like what are you laughing about i was like it's have you never heard that phrase hair the dog that bit you
0: especially since like he is a dog himself yeah there's definitely a lot of like clever things that when you look back on it now as an adult it makes a lot more sense you know and he would he would do like just uh, homages to like horror movies um i know there was one i can't remember what, what it was called but muriel got possessed by like a couch demon i think And it was definitely The Exorcist, you know? Yeah. Where, like, her head would turn around 360 degrees, but then, like, her head would pop off. So it was kind of like a slapsticky nod to The Exorcist, which is very fun. Um, And the last influence that I had written down was that Nowhere was directly based off of, like, a a Dust Bowl Midwest era, um, like, kind of location. And then apparently, I don't know how true this is, this was, like... I this is just some Google bullshit, no idea if it's real or not. But um I took a screenshot of it. Where's it at? Here it is. Uh according to some article that I have no idea how credible it is, the show is set in a town called Nowhere, which is an actual real-life place in New Mexico. In real life, an elderly couple who lived in Nowhere with their pet dog frequently reported bizarre and paranormal activity, including a creature they identified as a skinwalker. Um, After their report, the couple went missing under strange circumstances. Only the dog was found. So, if there's any credibility to that, that's pretty badass.
1: Can I ask the source?
0: Uh, No. No, you cannot. Because I don't have it. And it was just, Courage the Cowardly Dog facts. Hit number three on Google, I believe. Alright. It was in there somewhere. Absolutely no idea how credible that is. Um, I do like the nod to the Skinwalker. um, Because... Skinwalkers are pretty cool. They were covered in the last podcast on the left and a couple other spooky dooky things I listen to. Which they did was...
1: a huge series on Skinwalker Ranch. That was crazy. Oh, I, loved it.
0: I absolutely loved it. I mean, um, Astonishing Legends also did a really good one on Skinwalker Ranch. But, Aston- but, I've never heard of them. They're good. They're good. They're kind of hit or miss for me, but they're good. I have some fun facts if you want me to get into some fun facts.
1: Yeah.
0: Alrighty. So fun fact number one. Uh, he, uh, Eustace's mask I keep saying Eustace but I believe it's Eustace
1: it is Eustace it's Eustace uh, E-U oh god hang on I had it written down E U S T A C E.
0: yep yep and I, I keep thinking of um in the, the intro where the guy's like we interrupt this program to bring you Courage call the Cowley Dog with uh, Eustace or whatever he says I have no idea what his last name is
1: well, their last name is actually Bag, B-A-G-G-E, but I always hear Banks, which is nothing. Yeah, I it was
0: Bangs. Yeah, or definitely Banks. The guy just yeah. kind of goes, Bang! and I, I just, <laughs> just kind of accepted that for what it was. But apparently, Eustace's mask, It was in the original pilot, was going to be a shotgun where he was just going to shoot. Courage. Oh my God. Yep, that was a thing. But then they were like, hey, we're going to put this on Cartoon Network. Let's not shoot the dog. Let's just mortify him emotionally and scar his fragile psyche and they, they had they ended up going up with that one
1: oh my god that is insane wow i know
0: right yeah uh well and then i guess uh what's what's the guy's name again who did courage dil dilworth
1: oh oh i don't know who actually voiced courage
0: or no uh, john dilworth he was the one who created it he was the creative oh, guy rated, guy. Yeah. but he did a couple of other animated things and one of them was called dirty bird and it was very much like birds with asses it was a very a very bird ass centered video so he definitely wasn't too shy from like uh playing it blue or like having guns or violence every once in a while if you thought it was like funny but obviously he kind of had to tone it down for cartoon network purposes
1: uh, yeah definitely oh i started watching the episode the one that i always found the weirdest was when like that after <laughs> burial yeah <laughs> I I like, what yes. is up with Dilworth and ducks? Like what is happening here?
0: Very much into like uh birds, chickens, ducks. Yeah, that was a that was a weird one, man.
1: I did not like that episode.
0: Uh, yeah. I did like that one too. It was yeah, this duck Adonis hitting on Muriel. Yeah, that was really weird. That was definitely really weird. The next fun fact that I have is uh, maybe have you ever heard any of the the fan theories that they have for Courage?
1: Um, the one that comes to mind is that it's not like none of this stuff actually happens. It's all yeah, just yeah. like built up in Courage's mind. Uh, mm-hmm. That's like a little dog living yeah. with like these two old people, and like everything that he sees, he just perceives to be dangerous and bad. Not necessarily that it is, and like not necessarily yeah, that exactly.
0: uh, like he's just um like the. Uh, Eustace and Muriel are just too old and they just aren't really able to walk him so he's just so used to being inside the house and anything that comes in is just terrifying to him which is sad I like to not believe that one because then it means he's not getting out and walked which makes me sad
1: I know it is it is sad
0: uh, there was another one that people think that Noor just might be purgatory which I mean like I guess maybe you know I guess any show like that, you can just say it might be purgatory. I guess it could get really. It's literally
1: be real. every cartoon. It's like it's purgatory. It's purgatory. It's purgatory. I'm bringing mm-hmm. that up when I do the Ed, Ed and Eddie episode. Like, it's... I
0: I believe the Ed, Ed and Eddie one is purgatory. I'm on board with that.
1: No, there's actually an explanation to why that person has that theory. And if they had done literally any digging into um why oh god I have his name written down and now I can't remember who it is uh Danny Antonucci created those characters. And like the influences sure. hit that they had that he had on that on his style, it would make sense. It's not a purgatory thing. It's just the okay. influences on his animation style.
0: Boom. Sure. Well, and I know I know we're kind of getting into Ed and, Ed and Ed territory now, but I always kind of no. I can talk uh,
1: about that in the next but, episode.
0: Yeah, exactly. That'll be you know a little a little sneak peek for you. But I always thought it kind of made sense because all the kids seem to be like from different eras, uh, different time areas, and different locations, but. Maybe those theories kind of popped up in, like, the early era of the internet where people might not have had access to people's, like, interviews or any thoughts on how they created stuff. Uh, I don't know. That's just kind of a a amusing of mine. But apparently, John – is it John Dilworth? What's his name? Uh, uh, I only wrote that. Yeah, John Dilworth. Yeah, so he apparently says that if anybody comes up with a theory or, like, a – not a conspiracy, but like a an idea of what his show is about. He just says they're all correct because in his in his perception, all art is to be interpreted, and you can't d- really discredit any interpretation of it. So, in theory, according to him, all of them are correct, which is kind of a kind of a fun little um, easy way to think of it, which I like.
1: Yeah, that is.
0: Yeah, uh, and then the last fun fact. Oh, actually, no, I have two. Uh, apparently Muriel and Eustace's middle names. Can you, Kylie, for a thousand rules lawyers bucks, can you tell me what where I'm... those names came from?
1: Their middle names?
0: No, no, their they're first names. The, the names Eustace and Muriel.
1: Oh, uh, um, probably his aunt and uncle.
0: I'm sorry, Kylie, you now owe me a thousand rules lawyers bucks which translates roughly to $10,000 um, American. I'm sorry. We, we play by Jeopardy rules. You got to pay me back now. But no! they, um, they're apparently the middle names, I believe, of the characters, believe it or not, Chandler Bing and Ross Geller.
1: No, they're not.
0: I shit you not. That's what two separate videos told me.
1: That is absolutely insane.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because apparently, I don't know whose is whose middle name, but either Chandler or Ross's middle name is either Muriel or Eustace. So, you know, there's a little food for thought on that. And then the last fun fact that I have, isn't so much like an interesting fact as it is just one of my favorite memories involving courage, which is the fact that they might be giants had that kick ass, like minute and a half song about courage. Do you remember that one? No, God damn it. Kylie. How do you not? It's the best song ever.
1: No, I think I managed to miss it.
0: Oh, damn. So do you remember in the era of Cartoon Network where they just like would play little songs about their shows? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was they they would have one about Dexter and I there was a like a rap about Dexter's lab. There was um kind of like a punk pop song with Ed Ed and Eddie. Uh there was a Powerpuff Girls kind of pop rock song as well. I don't know if you remember any of those. There was um my best friend Plank going back to Ed Ed and Eddie. Uh, there was one, I forget what it's called. I think it's just called Courage the Cowardly Dog, but They Might Be Giants did it. And it's a, it's legitimately a really catchy, awesome, typical They Might Be Giants song. I'm
1: going to have to check all these out.
0: Oh, you should. I think if you just look up, um, like Cartoon Network songs, there's a lot of them on YouTube.
1: Yeah, I'm going to check that out.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They're worth listening to. And I I guarantee you, you're going to listen to one of them and be like, holy shit, I remember the song now
1: probably i mean that is how that normally happens i uh i can't really recall things I, my brain works weird like sometimes i can recall things like out of nowhere other times you can like tell me about it for five minutes straight and i will still have no idea what's happening
0: <laughs> i don't know how to do my own taxes but boy howdy i can sing the first three seasons of the pokemon theme song without even <laughs> thinking about it Or really prioritize all that uh all that memory space
1: oh yeah, it's very important uh did you have another fun fact
0: I, I think those, those are Oh, I, I guess this is kind of a fun fact. Um, apparently with, a, you'd be surprised with um, all the content that they had with Courage it was all very spooky. A lot of it was like, um, just kind of disturbing and violent. There, They had very little to almost no production issues or pushback on creative ideas from Cartoon Network. Like they kind of just let them do whatever they wanted to do for the most part. And that's kind of surprising. Maybe we're kind of in that early era of cartoons where we're not super into like being censored i feel like censorship might have been a more of a recent thing with cartoons but they still got away with a lot of shit with courage um there was one episode that i don't remember at all i remember i kind of just saw it in my research uh today but apparently there was a there was an episode where there was um a potential like a lesbian relationship possibly where there was like a a cat and a bunny and the cat was in an abusive relationship with like a big strong muscular dog and courage got somehow tangled up and all that they ended up like killing the dog or the dog got hit by a train or something. And then the cat rode away with like her new, with her best friend, Bonnie, and they could be free to be best friends. And it was, people were kind of thinking it was insinuated. There might be like a lesbian relationship.
1: No, I remember seeing that. I remember thinking, yeah, this bunny and this cat are totally in a relationship.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like that's, I mean, that's kind of what I was seeing when I was watching it. And I think from what I understand, that was like one of the only episodes that anybody ever really gave him any pushback on or anybody called in like a concerned parent or something. But, um, yeah. Yeah.
1: And even then, I don't think that anybody actually, like, if I remember incorrectly, nobody even like talked in that entire, in like that entire episode, it was all just like sound and noise, like animal noises and music and stuff like that.
0: It's a lot of insinuation. And there's really, especially when it comes to like the, the animal characters, especially being encouraged. There isn't a lot of talking. It's all, just insinuation and implication which is definitely a a thing you don't see in a lot of children's cartoons
1: no you really don't see that anymore everything's gotta have a voice because it has to be able to like clearly communicate but i think that there's something to be said about like the amount of emotional intelligence that like kids can develop from watching cartoons where i completely agree they have to pick up on those subtle cues and stuff like that
0: yeah i completely agree like you know, obviously, kids are developing in many different ways. I'm by no means the the person to talk about that, and I better learn because I'm gonna I'm gonna have two of them here pretty soon. But,
1: but you're about to find I, out. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'll, I'll find out one way or another. But like, I feel like a lot of times children, especially if they're in like their preteens, might not get enough credit for what they can surmise and what they can gather from like implication. And courage did a really good job of kind of fostering that form of storytelling, which is is very cool to me.
1: Yeah. No, they, they definitely did a really good job. Uh, Dilworth really did a good job with that. Okay, so... So when I was going through Wikipedia, gathering all my information, I did like some general demographic stuff, like voice actors, when they were on board, stuff like that. But one mm-hmm. thing that was very specifically mentioned that I don't really recall this being a I, thing...
0: I think I know what you're going to say, but go ahead.
1: The house has an attached garage.
0: Oh, okay, that's not what I thought you were going to say.
1: I don't, I don't remember that being a thing.
0: The, ha- the house had an attached garage?
1: Yeah. Huh. It was like very specifically stated in the article. And I don't remember it having an attached garage. Because like the truck is always sitting outside.
0: Yeah. I'm going to Google this real quick.
1: You do that. I'm going to run over some other demographics. So the show had its... Huh?
0: I'm, I'm Googling it, Courage the the Dog Garage.
1: <laughs> so, uh, as you said, the show had a short in, uh, that was the chickens from outer space yep. uh, or something like that. I don't remember the exactly what it's called, um, but that actually aired in 96 as part of like a short series on cartoon network that, uh, that they were running. And then uh, after that, You know, the short got a lot of really good reception and Cartoon Network came up to Dilworth or contacted Dilworth and they were like, hey, we want to, uh, we really like the short that you did. We want you to create a show for us. And uh, so that's how Courage got to be a show. He was, uh, I feel like at that point in time, Cartoon Network was really willing to just like let their artist have all creative control. They were like, this is what's working you know, this was a huge hit. Keep doing this and you can do whatever you want. Like, it's fine. W- within exactly. reason, of course.
0: Some of the best shit came out of that era. Like, I know the original topic that I wanted to talk to you about was going to be Samurai Jack. And I know that you're going to be doing that with someone else, which I'm looking forward to very much when you're when that one comes out. I'm going to listen to the hell. Listen to the hell out of that one. Oh, yeah. But uh, that era was like my one of my favorite eras of cartoons. It was very, very good stuff.
1: Oh, yeah, like, the best things came out of it. And there was, like, at that point in time, there were so many shows that they were producing. And I don't know if, like, with the new age of, like, technology and streaming or if, like, because, like, people don't have cable as much anymore because cable is expensive, so most people just Mm -hmm. do, like, streaming sites, that they've had to, like, cut production down to, like, the few shows that they currently have. But it seems like there were so, so many more back in, like, the early 2000s. And even, like, before, like, 2010, there were so many things that they had. And then they started, like, they cut a bunch of things. They got some new shows. But it never came back up to the level that it was.
0: I completely agree. I think that there might have been, like... and Maybe this is a syndrome of, like, maybe I was just getting older and thinking that the stuff from our childhood was the best. But I do firmly believe that, like, there was just more there's a higher quantity of quality shows in that era, maybe because they weren't as concerned with, um, like the cost of production or the cost of animation. And as Cartoon Network became more refined and became more streamlined, they started taking away creative control to save costs. Maybe I, I might can pretend like I understand how any of that works, but you know, you have your Samurai Jack, you have Ed and Eddie, Courage the Cowardly Dog, uh, you know, Cow and Chicken, Johnny Bravo, uh, Codename case next door. Like, there's like a five year golden age span of all this um, good shit that I have. I fully plan on showing my girls when they're old enough. Also, real quick sidebar Googled Courage to Coward the Dog Garage. I see a lot of pictures of the house. No garage.
1: Exactly. Zero. Zero. There is no garage. They have a barn.
0: There's a barn. There's definitely there is a detached barn. <laughs> and I think I might, in one picture, I see like a cellar door. But that's it. So yeah. So that was a fucking lie.
1: That is a lie, Wikipedia. I think somebody probably got in there and they're like, I'm just gonna put this little statement in here and just really throw people off. Well, you got me. I am bamboozled.
0: <laughs> Another reason to turn in your nerd con.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I won't do that one.
0: I had to Google that one, so I'm not going to claim like I knew that one off the dome.
1: Ha ha! It's hurting your <laughs> nerd card, Luke.
0: No, it, that's the only thing I have. <laughs> not my wife, not my, not my unborn children, not my, my family, or my dog or cat.
1: <laughs> your nerd card.
0: <laughs> my nerd card. It's it's the most precious thing I have. <laughs> take my wedding ring. Take my life insurance. Take everything. I need my nerd card.
1: Uh, so. The show got it ran for three year, uh, yeah, three years, almost to the date. It was like November twenty second was when it first aired in nineteen ninety nine, and mm-hmm. then November twelfth. Oh wait, no, it premiered on November twelfth, nineteen ninety nine, and ended on November twenty second in two thousand two. So there was a total of uh, fifty two episodes, four seasons three years almost to the date. I thought that was really crazy.
0: That is very cool. That's um close to my birthday.
1: Oh, is it?
0: Yep. Uh, my birthday is November 11th.
1: Nice. In uh, 2000, uh, not 2000, gosh, uh, 1999, you got a present at Courage the Cavernly Dog.
0: I did. Yeah, I mean, who knows when I, I, I would have been turning like eight. So maybe on my eighth birthday, that's what I was watching. Or my, the day after my eighth birthday.
1: Yeah, that would have been really cool. Actually, that would be really cool if that's how it turned out.
0: It might have been, yeah.
1: So, I think the show uh, had... Oh, wait. There was also the voice actors. Um, So, Courage was played the entire time by Marty uh, Grabstein grabstein i'm not sure grabstein uh so he was played by the same voice actor the entire time muriel was also played by the same voice actor the entire time theus uh, thea white but eustace actually went through two people um episodes one through 33 he was voiced by lionel wilson and then episodes uh t- 34 to the end of the show was arthur anderson i couldn't yep. find why that switch happened
0: neither could i i think i heard that um there was like a I don't know if it was like a short or a movie or something like that, but I think there was a third voice for Eustace in like a lesser known tertiary product, but that one almost like kind of doesn't count. And I have no idea who it was.
1: Yeah. They had done like a weird CGI something. I don't know. Yeah, they did. I saw like a little bit about that, but like, I couldn't really, it it wasn't like, there was nothing like, Hey, this is it. It was just kind of like, yeah, there was a CGI thing and,
0: that's it. Yeah. it it just kind of came out and this is me pulling from like a half remembered memory from the long, long time ago of like noon today. But I think it came out with like a DVD of like a Scooby-Doo movie or some shit like or it was like an unlockable. It was like an unlockable video in like a PS2 cartoon network racing game back when I guess they did that with they were just kind of throw in the little shorts for Uh, video games when like they didn't have much memory that the video game actually took up because it's probably a shitty video game so they just decided to fill the disc up with random cartoons
1: honestly Uh, worth it
0: yeah worth it you know totally
1: I wonder if it's for the GameCube my brother just bought one so I have to hunt this down see if it's a thing I want to relive my childhood damn it
0: oh he he just bought a GameCube
1: yeah my brother just bought a GameCube
0: play some Smash Bros Melee
1: he is searching for a Smash Brothers game, but I guess they are expensive for the yeah, They Cube. are.
0: can confirm.
1: Do you have one?
0: No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no. I have a Smash Bros. game for the Switch, but I've looked into getting like an 64 with Smash Bros. because that was my favorite, and I don't, you know, I, I have children that I have to feed at some point in the near future. I don't want to drop that kind of money on that
1: no i totally understand Uh, feed feed the babies the babies are important
0: yeah you know if i have to choose between feeding the babies and getting my favorite video game it's a real tough one i'll tell (laughs) you (laughs) it'll keep me up at night but i think i'm going babies because dhs will come down on me hard if i don't
1: Uh, this is true (laughs) so the show had a lot of really memorable characters there was like that weird blue floating head there was king ramsey there was the mm-hmm. bathtub crocodile freaky fred yeah uh, cats cats the medium who was the fortune-telling chihuahua she's like <laughs> one of my favorites because she's just like she will not take your shit she's just like i told you the stupid thing would happen like uh mm-hmm. in the episode when, like eustace tried to contact his brother to like get access to this box she was like you know you want to contact the dead, that's fine, but you can't do it for personal gain. And he's just like, whatever. And she's like, I told you, told you not to do that.
0: <laughs> yeah, surely the medium ain't taking anybody's shit. Yeah, I was going to ask you, do you, so I was, I mean, you just said it more or less that Shirley is your favorite character. Do you have any other favorites besides her? Cats. Cats is, he's pretty hard to not be one of your favorites. I really like Randy the robot. Do you know who that is?
1: I don't remember that.
0: So this is a oh man. This is me and my old college roommate, Alex. We would quote Randy the robot all the time. And after having a very similar conversation to what we're having right now about courage. And he was a robot for the longest time. I thought that Christopher Walken voiced him, but it's actually somebody named Peter Fernan or something, but he sounds just like Christopher Walken. And he was like a robot sent down from like the moon or outer space to go conquer and enslave people. And he briefly did enslave use the Emeril, and Courage. But he really didn't want to be evil. He just, wanted, he just wanted to carve reindeer. And that's what he would say all the time. He just, all he ever wanted to do was follow his passion of carving reindeer. And eventually, I think Courage kind of got him to embrace his, his true passion. And that was, um, that was Randy the Robot. I liked him a lot. I, I firmly believed that it was Christopher Walken until this day. And then I Googled it earlier today, and I found out that I've been living a lie.
1: God, what were we looking up one day? Oh, God, this was like on Saturday. Somebody had looked something up. And now I can't for the life of me remember what the context was. Jackie, if you're listening, uh, you would look something up and it was somebody. It wasn't Sean Connery that was playing a role or doing voice acting. It was the voice actor impersonating Sean Connery.
0: <laughs> Jackie, like, if you're it.
1: listening, I need to know who it is because I'm probably going to forget to text you <laughs> and ask.
0: Was it Saturday Night Live?
1: I don't remember. I, I cannot for the life of me remember. Because I wasn't like really paying attention to the conversation. Because I was having another conversation. Until she said something about Sean Connery. And then like that was just the magic word to make me listen. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when I came in. So I cannot for the life of me remember what it was specifically that they were talking about. But um, I think it's always kind of funny with voice acting that like sometimes people sound so similar. Or they'll do impressions. Like, it's got to be this person, but it's
0: not. Well, and so remember a little bit ago when you were bringing up the the, the attached garage thing where um, I thought that you were going to bring up something. And one thing that I kept coming up with in my research was there was an episode, I can't remember the name of the episode, but people apparently were convinced that Ringo Starr did a voice for one of the characters when apparently it wasn't. It was just some, like, random dude. And it just, that, that was one thing I kept seeing over and over again that people were, like, convinced Ringo Starr did a voice.
1: Was like, it the it was, ducks in, like, the first season? Because one of them was, uh... You remember, like, the, the Warner siblings? They were, like, weird cat-mouse alien creatures? Yep,
0: yep, 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 yeah.
1: Uh, I think it was Yakko. He, they got yes. his voice actor. And he sounds like Ringo Starr, but he is not Ringo Starr.
0: <laughs> yeah, like, apparently that was a big, hot topic of debate in the Courage community for quite some time but the, the, the polls are out and Ringo was not involved in this one would be cool if he was but, but...
1: that would be very neat yeah I like how that we're getting into like the real debates is it Ringo Starr is it Sean yeah. Connery is it Christopher Walken
0: is it Christopher Walken
1: it's none of them
0: <laughs> no absolutely it was just a bunch of random jerk offs that were no one's ever heard of more or it's... less
1: it's three raccoons in a trench coat. <laughs> it's none of these people. Three raccoons in a trench coat, damn it.
0: Yeah, three rac- Yeah, I see it on the IMDb right here. Three raccoons in a trench coat did the voice for the spirit of the harvest moon, the floating disembodied head. Which is a real oh character- Oh, God, that's what that was? Yep, he was the spirit of the harvest moon. Like, holy shit. See, I-
1: and that's the thing is, like, I remember, like, these characters and I remember their designs, but I don't remember, like, what the context within the show they have. With Freaky Fred, until I watched that episode, I didn't remember, like, that he was the crazed barber. I just remembered him being creepy, freaky, and, like, his face.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, because you see their face and it kind of just slips from memory like Quicksilver and it just Im- embeds itself in your subconscious and it just lives in your dreams forever
1: yeah i'm genuinely surprised i didn't have nightmares last night
0: you probably did you just didn't remember
1: yeah probably. uh, uh
0: Lequac, that was another big one he was i believe just kind of like a french duck again with the ducks yeah always the ducks there was um i think his name was d d long do you remember that guy I don't think so. He was the the Asian-looking fellow, and he would always say, Ya fool! Remember that? Oh, yeah. yeah! Yeah. He would just show up and, like, just rip shit on Courage and totally trash him. And that was kind of his whole point. That's all he did.
1: Yeah. Do you remember the uh, totally stereotypical, culturally insensitive Indian doctor?
0: <laughs> oh my god, yes. that, was, that Do was... you
1: want to know his name?
0: What? Please.
1: Dr. Vindaloo.
0: Oh my god! <laughs> oh, oh god! They got away. They got away with some shit, didn't they?
1: Again, this was like late '90s, early 2000s, oh, before yeah. like companies were actually being held accountable for uh, any sort of actual like cultural sensitivity.
0: Exactly, and th- this is something that I bring up with um my wife a lot. Did you ever? This is completely off track, kind of on the subject of what we're talking about. Did you ever watch Supernatural? Yeah. Yeah, I used to be huge into Supernatural, um, but I remember in, like, season two or three, they were making, like, really really shitty uh, gay jokes, like, really not okay, and then they would make, like, short bust jokes, too, and I, I'd go back and watch Supernatural, and this episode came out in, like, 2007 or 2008 or whatever, and I'm like, damn, Supernatural, you were shitty, and, but again, like, that was before people kind of started giving a shit on TV, but... Yeah. Yeah, there was a large chunk of time when you can just say basically whatever you want.
1: It's kind of weird. Kind of weird. And like hey, and like that's the thing that happened. It's like hang on, let me gather my words. It's a thing that happened and we have to acknowledge that that used to be media While we're still able to acknowledge that we can move forward and be better now without having to, like, take any of that away or, like, scrub it out or anything. Because, like, as soon as you start wiping away things like that, you open up the door for history to repeat itself because then you don't have anything to look back on. You're not, Mm -hmm. like, you can't say, okay, here's a time period where, like, you know, there was some really messed up things said and done and portrayed in media And this is where we're at now, 10, 15 years later. And so, like, we have to hold, like, not like, we can't, like, praise that kind of behavior, but at least we need to, like, keep it in the media to show exactly, like, why that's bad. And especially, like, not just, like, having the media itself, but also having their reactions to it. Because that's what's important. Because that's what shapes it. You know, you've got... You know, Dean making a joke of, like, what, I'm not gay? Or, like, making kinds of weird comments like that or something. And then, you know, the type, the type of response that that got. So like, yeah, both no, those it, things are very important.
0: Exactly. You grow from it. You learn from it. You're, you know, that that's what you do. It becomes an issue when you uh, when people take offense to, like, needing to grow and needing to change. And then when they cling so tightly to something that they don't want to change from and then they at the cost of hurting people, that's when it becomes an issue. But I mean, we can look back on it and be like, Hey, you know, that was the time people didn't, I mean, they should have known better. They didn't. We do now. We're going to, we're going to move on.
1: Exactly. And I can always appreciate that kind of growth.
0: Side note, I'm kind of going through a list of characters. There was a character called Mr. Nasty, who I don't remember, (laughs) but he existed. Uh, he is similar to Eustace, both in identity and personality, only with sunglasses in place of his eyeglasses, blue skin, and a deeper voice. Mr. Nasty is like the sexy version of Eustace. Uh, after Mr. Nasty is brought into existence, his uh, he co-stars in Tarantula's reality TV show Angry Nasty People alongside Eustace. What the fuck? How do I not remember this? In which they both mistreat courage and muriel holy shit oh my god no i
1: remember that like i pulled up i pulled up the picture sorry hang on did you call him a sexy eustace
0: he's like the sexy eustace because he's got the cool sunglasses he's the bad boy he's the bad yep he's the bad boy he's (laughs) he's the wild card he doesn't play by anybody's rules he's got purple skin which i mean whatever use this is working with ain't working for him. I I'd say any sort of spice is going to sexy on up, uh, that guy. But yeah, it was on episode 10 of season one, angry, nasty people, Mr. Nasty. I'm going to do a little bit of be better research after we're done with the Skype I'm on, on
1: a fandom.com on the courage, the cowardly dog page for Mr. Nasty. I just want to read you. <laughs> I want to read you something voiced by, or Mr. Nasty, voiced by Arthur Anderson, species human, gender male, friends none so far, enemies everyone, like <laughs> being sarcastic and nasty, ripping money, dislikes Eustace collecting money. Quote: "Idiot, jerk, stupid, ugly, worthless
0: losers." Oh my God! I don't know this if on Cartoon I, I, Network. Yeah, I don't know if I love him or if I hate him. If he's like. Okay. Okay. All, right, all right. No, I'm looking at the pictures now. I remember this. I remember this. I
1: had to look at him to remember him.
0: Like I said, these are these are beings that are just like, like Carl Union archetypes that just like live in your subconscious. They they're a part of the collective subconscious of all human beings, and they kind of manifested in this show for a hot couple of years, and now they're just gonna live. You know, when when the nukes finally drop and everybody's fucking dead and we all go back to being cavemen they're gonna be the ones that appear on the cave walls yep and that's how i ruin christmas for everybody just like that
1: thank you <laughs> i just we're so far from christmas but it's ruined
0: <laughs> yeah. I've, I've already ruined your christmas just don't don't bother having <laughs> there's it there's
1: not even a point in celebrating at this point because you're just gonna ruin it again <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna listen back to this episode and like I, i'm gonna have my i'm just gonna to like edit and i'm gonna have everything ruined again and like people are gonna listen to this and they're just gonna have their day ruined it's gonna be their christmas is just over
0: <laughs> that's why they call me luke the christmas ruiner of warwald <laughs> did you have any um any other like notes or any other like favorite quotes or anything like that
1: I don't have any quotes, but I do have a couple more notes. I can go through those and you can give us those awesome quotes to close us out.
0: Hell yeah. Lay it on me.
1: Oh yeah. Uh, so a fun thing about, there was like a lot of weird noises, a lot of weird sounds, um, in the show itself. Dilworth actually liked his sounds to be created from scratch over using, uh, like ones that are, that have already been made because I, I think it was, like, more of, like, an authentic, like, really make it fit kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But then he also really only wanted sounds that made him laugh. (laughs) And I think that's why, like, that show, like, Courage over, like, many of the other shows is just genuinely a little bit more funny because like he was fully invested in making sure that like people were laughing, not just at like the dialogue or the premise or anything, but like even something like just making sure that the sounds really like packed a good punch to make sure that you got your giggles in. I appreciate that.
0: I definitely appreciate that as well.
1: Oh, I have a fun fact of my own. So. After Courage ended, Dilworth actually started his own animation studio called Stretch Films. And mm-hmm. he also did sound design for shows such as Doug, Ragrat, Rugrats, PB&J Otter, and My Life as a Teenage Robot. I want uh, to cover three of these. Do you know uh, which one it isn't?
0: Uh, uh the, the robot. No, no, PB&J Otter. You're not doing PB&J Otter.
1: Yeah, I'm not going to do PB&J Otter. I don't remember that. I want oh, to do My Life I, as a Teenage Robot. That's awesome. Uh,
0: I remember a lot of PB&J Otter. I remember the theme song. I don't know how to raise a child, but I can sure sing them the theme song to PB&J Otter.
1: Hey, you just do that, and they're going to be so happy.
0: That's half the battle.
1: Uh, and then like the end credit, they started out with the ukulele, and then Dilworth was, just, Dilworth was just like, add more things. And they were like, what? And he was like, add more things. Like, we've got this awesome ukulele, but like... Add more noises and they're like, okay, add some more noises. All right, okay, this is perfect. <laughs> like, okay, cool. So that's how we got the end the end title. It was just him just being like, It needs more noise. But because it is a ukulele, I own a ukulele and I wanna learn how to play that song. So I'm giving myself a mission. Do it. I'm gonna.
0: Yeah, please do. I also own a ukulele. I used to know how to play some chords. It's been years and I've totally forgotten about it. Oh. Yeah, I play other string instruments, but the uke has kind of fallen by the wayside. It happens. I honestly don't remember the song. I have to look it back up.
1: I, I could not imitate it right now, even if I wanted to, because it's <laughs> please, so please bizarre. Please give me it's an acapella
0: so rendition of the song. No. Oh. Oh, if oh, I oh.
1: gain 10 followers on Twitter because of this episode, and then you have to tweet me with the hashtag, hashtag... Courage and title. If I gain 10 followers, <laughs> new followers, I will post a video on Twitter of myself just doing with my mouth the end credit.
0: That's amazing. R- real quick, I'm just going to create 10 <laughs> different Twitter accounts so I can make that dream happen. <laughs> I want to see that really bad.
1: You can't do that. <laughs>
0: You you don't know. They're, they're, all, they're, they're all gonna be like Vuk Lorwald and Kuel Lovard, the Twitter account. The Twitter account. Luke Vorwald2, Luke Vorwald 5. <laughs> I will know. Damn it. I've given away my, my strategy. I feel like I should I should do something like that as well. If I were to get the the 10 followers with the hashtag um Courage, announcer man. I will do a reenactment of the the beginning of it because I really like doing the 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 announcer man's voice. I like doing it a lot.
1: You do it well.
0: Thank you. I was fishing for it and I I caught it. I caught the fish. <laughs> Thank you.
1: I like how in the two episodes that we've done, both of them have come with a challenge.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. the uh, The last one that we did with um the D- the D and D facts, or um I-, I think it was if you counted how many times we said audio hobgoblin, then I said to, if people were to prove to me that they can count it, that I would give them like a a drawing of their choosing. And straight up, I do not remember what the number of times we said it was. But Andy, he plays in my podcast and he was the only one who like, he just like told me in person. He goes, yo, Luke, 37. I'm like, what are you talking about? 37, (laughs) How many times you said it, draw me something. And I'm like, you're not, no, absolutely not. It's kind of like that thing where, like, if, you, if you're if you a family member, for someone who works at a radio station, you can't win the prize. That kind uh, of
1: deal. yeah.
0: Yeah, no, he's not He's not getting anything drawing. And if it's Andy, he's going to want me to draw something perverted, and I'm not going to do it for him. I won't give him the satisfaction.
1: I will write him something, and then I'll send yeah. you a yeah. picture, and you can send it to him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm not saying I'm above not drawing perverted things. I'm just not drawing it for Andy, because I know he's going to enjoy it too much. <laughs>
1: No, I get No, I get It's just like that manipulation of like, you're going to do it. You're going to do it because you said that you would on Twitter. (laughs) You want to give us those quotes?
0: Yeah. So there's a few quotes that are classic, and then I'll give you a few of my favorites. Um, Of course, some of the major ones we have, the things I do for love, courage, whenever he's about to do something uh, stupid or courageous. There was um, the ever, you know, one of the best ones, stupid dog, you made me look bad look bad. Sorry. Use this bag. And that's why I'm, I messed up the word there. Uh, courage. You know, I can't hear without my glasses. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I already gave you a few other ones. Return the slab. Of course is, uh, you know, the one that's stuck in my, you know, subconscious and conscious mind for the rest of my life. Um, I just want to carve reindeer from Randy, the robot, AKA not Christopher Walken. And then my two other favorite ones that I have, I can't remember the episode's main premise, but Cur- or Eustace was being interrogated by like some squirrels or something, and they were asking him what certain things were, and they showed him a picture of like stars or of constellations, and he said, those are dots, a whole mess of dots. And then they also showed him a picture of a globe, and he said, oh, that's a bowling ball covered in throw-up. So, <laughs> those were two of my all-time favorite, I, I still say that with uh, my friend Jaeger to this day. Those two lines.
1: I just... <laughs> I want to embroider or cross-stitch both of those so badly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> if we get 100 followers total, we will embroider and cross-stitch. Oh god, it's gonna take me
1: forever. I've got Halloween cross For our top-level Patreons,
0: Oh, that's, oh, good, that's shit. good shit. I was gonna ask you before we're done. Did you ever listen to the podcast Welcome to Night vale?
1: Yeah, man. Oh, yeah. yeah like I feel super Nightvalian.
0: Exact, dude. Exactly. I feel like um, who was it? Jeffrey Craner and Joseph Fink are the the main writers on that. And I would be really surprised if they weren't pulling hard from some courage.
1: Probably. Oh, I should like tweet them and see if they'll answer me.
0: But you you have a. Yeah, I, I feel like they they definitely could respond to you. I just got done reading the Welcome to Nightville novel, It Devours. It was really, really good. And, and I was yeah. really good. Yeah, I, I loved reading it. It was great. And I want to read more of their novels, but I was really picking up on some Courage vibes. I think the ultimate thing to take away from this, if people aren't really familiar with Courage, which at this point, I'm not sure why you listen to a nostalgia episode if you're not, but more power to you. It's it's astonishing how like this crazy wackadoo show left such an impression on all the kids who watched it. Like, like I said, I feel like this really um, really fostered my love for the horror genre. And, um, I, you know, Kylie, it sounds like it really has for you too. It
1: and really has, yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, and I know I'm, I'm really getting kind of hooky-dooky with the uh, shit living in your subconscious mind sort of thing, but it really does stick with you for a long time. In a good way and maybe even a bad way, but it, it'll stick with you.
1: I think it sticks in a good way. Like, what I was saying earlier, it really shaped, like, shows like that really shaped, like, our generation's humor, our, like, the way that we look at things, the way that we do media. Um, We, we do a lot of, like, weird things that are just super out there. It doesn't really make a lot of sense. Like, a lot of the jokes that we have, it's just kind of, like, it, like, the shows gave us, like, a lot of inside jokes that we can use with each other that nobody really gets. Like, I can go up to somebody and just yell, and like they'll, they'll they'll understand like, yeah, exactly. They'll understand like what that's from and like what that's supposed to represent and everything.
0: Just imagine if he was allowed to pull out a shotgun and say that instead of putting on that mask, God, it would have gotten a whole different tone.
1: Oh my God. It'd be absolutely crazy. I'm so happy that they changed that.
0: It's, for the better. I, I'm out, I'm on board with that change.
1: Okay. Well, y'all, Coffee Pot Heads, this has been another episode of Coffee Fuel Rampage. Again, with me this week was Luke. Uh, he does the Rules Lawyers podcast, a Real Play D&D podcast. Uh, we are both part of the Little Gray Boy Network, which Luke actually started.
0: Yeah. I feel like, you know, I said this on the one of the more recent episodes that I released. I feel like I should say it again. I do want to apologize to... Anybody listening with, uh, you know, who are interested in shows from Little Grey Boy uh, and also those involved in producing episodes for Little Grey Boy, life has been real hectic. And uh, unfortunately, I had to put podcasting kind of on the back burner. And I'm trying to get back into it as much as I can before it really, really gets on the back burner. But um, everybody I've ever met in doing, uh, you know, Little Grey Boy stuff like, you know, Kylie, uh, we have uh, Tessa and Elliot. We have, anybody, you know, the Just Think podcast, uh, My Wax Museum, Alex Williams. Uh, you mentioned Nick from Media Obscura. There's a bunch of other ones too. They're all super awesome people. I like them an awful lot. If I had you guys like in my town, I feel like we'd be friends and we'd like hang out and shit.
1: Oh so yeah, definitely. I,
0: I like them a lot. Uh the shows are awesome. Please check them out.
1: Yeah. Definitely give the shows a check uh give them a check. I think that we've got them listed on our Twitter, which is uh, We're at Little 2 or at LittleGrey Two. I actually haven't looked at the handle in a while. And then you can follow me, Coffee Fuel Rampage, on Twitter, at Coffee Fuel Ramp. Uh, I've been trying to post a little bit more lately. I know when I first started the show, I was a little... Uh, I, I would really only post when there's a new episode. But I'm trying to just be more active in general. Because I think that it's fun. And sometimes I get to interact with, like, you know, the other people of the Little Grey Boy Network. And uh, I'm hoping eventually I'll get to interact with some fans. And I think that would be super exciting. Uh, thank you guys so, so much for listening. And I will... See you all at the next episode.
0: Yep. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure as always, Kylie. Hey, Jeff, do you like video games? Yeah! Hey, Cody, do you like free? I guess. That's what I like to hear. Come on down to Budget Arcade. We got games galore. We got red games. We got blue games. We got Battle Roy games. We got RPG games. We got games coming out of our butt. And they're all free. How much? I said free. Who is this guy yelling in the middle of the street? I don't know. Join Scott, Jeff, and Cody each week as we help you navigate through the realm of free to play games. Budget Arcade is not responsible for money lost on microtransactions. All loot box purchases are final. Get Budget Arcade wherever you download your podcast from. Now, who's this guy? I don't know. He just he keeps yelling. I'm not really sure.